With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we are having old time church. And I praise God for it. Thank you so much, Sister Sharon, for leading us in this song service. I give honor to the Blessed Trinity on this first Saturday of the month. I also welcome you and thank you for your presence today. Sister Jax, it's fine to just introduce me as Pastor Millicent. You don't have to give me any of those titles because I wasn't born with a title and it doesn't make me. So I'm just glad to hear that I'm in the service of the Lord. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged during this service. Those of you who have joined us today, it's with delight that I say thank you to the ministry team. I want to personally thank each of you for the part you play in the services each week. I don't take it lightly. I cannot do it all by myself. And I am so appreciative that you have accepted the the call to add your gift to the service. We've had to make some changes in the music. So we're going back to special music and congregational songs until we get clarification. But in the meantime, it will help us to go back to to our roots to the beginnings of, of, of the church. It will help us prayerfully to uh, gain an appreciation for the music of the past because some of the music of today really seems to me to lose the message of salvation and of freedom and of deliverance and of the glory and the grace of God. Now, please be advised that the Zoom host are responsible for recording this service and they are instructed to mute and unmute as necessary to maintain the reverence of the service. Now our scripture today is just a blessing Um, in our Sunday school. I also participate as a teacher in my local church church Sunday school and for the entire quarter from January till now, actually from December to now, we've been studying the book of, well, the book of John. And I've gotten a couple of really good messages from God concerning what we were studying. And one of those messages we're sharing today from the book of John, St. John chapter six, verses 26 through 27 and 32 through 35. Now the entire book is important. It plays a part in the message even today. And I encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter six of the book of John. But for today, I will read these scriptures starting at verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. 
because God the Father has set his seal on him. Verse 32, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come today, Lord, to say thank you for all of the ways, God, that you keep proving yourself to us. Thank you, Father, for the songs of Zion, those songs that have brought the early Christians, God, over hills and in, through the valleys, oh God. It has kept them in hard times and in good times, Lord. Thank you, Father, for giving us an appreciation for the words of the hymns and the gospels, God, and the originality, God, that goes with them, the songs from the heart to the hearer. Father God, we pray today that you will bless this word. We look to you, O oh God, to bring down from heaven, God, clarity to show us, O oh God, the things that we need to see, to unveil to us, O oh God, the things that are hidden, yeah. to unravel for us, O oh God, the things that are tied up. Father, thank you for freedom in advance yeah. because of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the topic or the title for this message today is Bread for the World. Bread for the World. Since I was a child, organizations like Feed the Children have come to our television to ask for financial support to purchase and send food to hungry children in the United States and in other countries. It is reported that this organization distributed 79.8 million pounds of food and essentials to children and families in the year 2017. It has provided nutritious food and other essentials to 1,080,000 children in countries including Africa, Asia, Latin America, and the Caribbean. Other organizations like Save the Children, Feed My Starving Children, Feeding America, Children's Hunger Fund, Food for the Poor, exist to work toward the goal of seeing to it that no child has to live without the number one item on Maslow's hierarchy of need, food. Rarely is there a meal that hits the dinner table without bread in one form or the other. There is cornbread, rolls, croissants, buns, loaf bread that comes in many different flavors. There's leavened and unleavened bread, flat bread, sourdough bread, and on and on. The point is that bread is considered a filler in any meal. Why do you think restaurants will give you all the bread you want? before the meal is served. It's to make you not notice in case your portions are smaller than you expected. Mm -hmm. 
Medical News Today reports that bread has been a staple food around the world for thousands of years. People contribute to consume it because of its convenience, portability, nutrition, and taste. The Apostle John tells a story about bread today. Two loaves that led to the feeding of 5,000 men plus women and children. Following this miracle, Jesus introduces himself as the living bread that came down from heaven to provide bread that will feed you forever and to impact the miracle of eternal life to the world. It is not often that I run upon a chapter in the Bible where the entire chapter is worthy of preaching, but John chapter 6 is one of those today. After Jesus fed the hungry through a miracle meal, the people began to follow Jesus because they wanted more food. Who wouldn't follow someone who would feed them every day? In, in first century Christendom, generally people only ate one meal anyway. And so if they could have a man who was going to sit them down and give them food to the field once a day, why wouldn't you follow him? The Gospel of Mark reports that every time Jesus saw the people, you all should go back and read John, Mark, especially from the King James or the New King James. It's such a moving book. It says every time Jesus saw the people, he was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, Jesus always performed a miracle. So today, let's just ask God to look down upon us through the eyes of Jesus, realizing and believing that when God sees us through the eyes of Jesus, he's going to be moved with compassion and he will perform a miracle on our behalf. This particular time was during the time of the feast of the Passover and people had come to hear Jesus. The writer of John was introduced a few weeks ago with the miracle of the water being turned into wine that I shared with you. John's gospel is generally regarded as the last of the four canonical gospels to be written. The writer of this gospel does not identify himself as John and recently theological scholars have begun to question or challenge if the apostle John is the author of this gospel since this writer does not identify himself as John. What do we know about the Apostle John though? It is that he was called to follow Jesus as part of the original 12 disciples. He was the son of Zebedee, the fisherman, and he and his brother James were labeled the sons of thunder because of their apparent quick temper. Now, one other important thing to note about John is that their mother asked Jesus to allow her sons to be given special status by, by allowing them to sit one at his right hand and the other at his left. In this chapter, we find quick movement from the feeding of the people to Jesus walking on the sea while the disciples were in a boat on their way to Capernaum. Once they reached the shore, a crowd had already gathered as they were deliberately following Jesus. 
Jesus, who knows all things, told them, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. It's an, uh, uh, gives me an eerie feeling to know when people pull after me, not because of who I am, not because of my character or my compassion, not because of my giving nature, but just so they can get what they can get from me. Well, Jesus may have been feeling this way that time when he said to them, you didn't come to see me because of the signs and the miracles. You only came to get some more food. It's something about being able to get a free meal that causes people to gather. Remember those, uh, those uh, campaign days when the person who is campaigning for the office will have barbecues and fish fries with white beans and coleslaw? It was one of those days in this particular time. It was interesting, though, that these people knew that two fish and five loaves of bread was not naturally enough to feed the 5,000 plus, but they were not afraid to eat the food. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Wonder where all that extra food came from. Mm -hmm. Nor were they unaware of the 12 baskets of food that was left over. Mm -hmm. But we rush on to the I am statement that was designed to catch their attention. Jesus said to them, very matter of factly, I am the bread of life. I am sure he was listening and looking to see if that sunk in, if they got the real message that was being said. If you really want to have some food that will not just pass on through your body, taste of me. The uh, uh, Apostle Paul wrote to uh, in the book of Timothy when he told him in, in a very inviting way, oh, taste and see mm -hmm. that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Jesus went on to say to them, instead of looking for the food which perishes, mm -hmm. you should look for the food which lasts forever and brings everlasting life. Mm -hmm. At this point, Jesus refers to himself as the son of man sent from God the Father who could give that everlasting life. It's interesting how people generally are drawn to what will give them pleasure or feed them for today. Sometimes, especially those of us, of us who are housekeepers, we go to the grocery store and we might buy and store up stuff for a week or month and in these days of, of the pandemic, we've been advised to make sure we have at least two months of everything in the house. But generally, people live from day to day, looking for one meal at a time and not worrying about tomorrow. However, those of us who, especially now, now that the numbers dead have past 500,000 in just America, so aware, we're so consciously aware of death and dying around us, we have now turned our attention to the eternal. Where will I spend eternity? Well, Jesus was trying to get the people in first century Christendom to begin to ask that kind of question in his mind. Where will I spend eternity? This bread satisfied me for today, but after death, where will I go? What will happen to me? 
Jesus reminded them that God the Father had set his seal on him as someone to recognize and someone important and surely someone to follow. This recognition took place as Jesus came up out of the Jordan River after having been baptized by John, his cousin. And the dove, it said, settled on Jesus as he came up and a voice from heaven came saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Verse 32 then tells us, that Jesus said to the gathering crowd, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now, because Jesus brought up Moses, I need to go back and share a little bit about that story to tie this all in. We're all familiar with the wilderness story. In fact, Sister Cheryl taught it so well this past Wednesday night in our Bible study. She talked to us about the 10 plagues that preceded the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery. There was the Red Sea crossing and then the wilderness. God did explain that he took them the long way even to the Red Sea so that Israel would learn some lessons that were gonna be necessary in the days and weeks and months and years to come. The entire trip to Canaan was a 40-day journey that lasted 40 years for Israel. Our Next Generation support group has been studying Dr. Tony Evans' book, Detours, and God dealt with Israel, who was coming out of Egypt, by way of a detour on the way to Canaan. Now, wouldn't you hate to get lost driving around your city? I mean, we get impatient when we are taken on a detour that lasts 10, 15 minutes. But what if you got taken on a detour that lasted a day or a week or a month? We don't want to consider 40 days worth of detour, let alone 40 years. God led the people around by the desert, which meant that Israel had to be fed. For 40 years, God sent manna from heaven that Israel might be fed. They were instructed to take enough food for only one day. That was lesson number one in obedience and trust. They had to obey God by taking just enough manna for one day. They had to trust that when they ate that, there was gonna be enough left for tomorrow. Now, you know how we are, hard-headed and untrusting and sometimes don't, don't even care if it's the truth or not, but some of Israel's members got more than a day's worth of manna. And the Bible tells us that it rotted overnight. It rotted. God said, trust me for one meal and the next meal I'll send it. God wanted to teach Israel about the Sabbath rest. And that came with God saying to them, now on the end of the week, just before the start of the Sabbath, I want you to collect enough food for two days. God knows what we need and he knows what's ahead. This is why even we today should trust him. 
The people who witnessed the miracle of the two fish and five loaves knew about the wilderness experience and like humans possibly thought that they would be fed daily by Jesus if they just followed him around. We get fed daily by Jesus when we follow him around, but it's not a food, not it's not from a fish or a piece of bread, not a piece of bread that came from the oven. But we get fed bread from heaven. The word of the living God becomes our bread and it's living. It's logos, which is the written word and it's rhema which is the spoken word and it feeds us like seed from heaven falls into the ground the word of god falls into the soil of our hearts and it feeds us day by day jesus stopped them by telling them that his mission was to the world and not just to the people in that area So even as the living bread or even as the bread from heaven, Jesus wasn't just falling in Capernaum. He's falling all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you miss him in Tennessee, you can go to Colorado. Mm -hmm. If you miss him in Colorado, try Texas, try Missouri, run over to uh, Washington State and see if the little man is falling over there. Go over to Connecticut and Delaware. I bet you'll find some bread Mm -hmm. from heaven. Then verse 33 tells us that the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We didn't receive Jesus as a loaf of bread, but rather as a baby lying in a manger. He didn't come to us like the manna from heaven falling from the sky, but rather Jesus came through the birth canal of the body of a virgin. Jesus stated that He not only came to Israel, but also to the Gentiles. His assignment was to help mankind believe in God, the creator, and to save humanity from the traps and snares of sin that was set by our enemy, even today, Satan. Then verse 34, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Can you imagine what it would be like to buy your last loaf of bread? Whether you like Sara Lee, Colonial, Wonder, Sister Schubert, or Nature's Own, we know that this bread will only last so long unless you purchased a burger from a popular fast food restaurant. Y'all, I'm telling you the truth. This is a true story. A medical doctor came to a Uh, a women's brunch that I attended. And she was talking to us about health, right? Healthy, healthy food, healthy eating, and what not to eat, and surely where not to eat. So she held up a paper sack and she says, now I want y'all to know something. In this paper sack is a Happy Meal. Now, I bought this Happy Meal three months ago. And I've been riding it around in my car for the entire three months. She said, and I want you to know something. Nothing in this bag has decomposed. The bread hadn't molded. The fries hadn't shriveled up. She said, so now, if this food in this sack 
has not decomposed after three months of riding around in a hot car because it was summer. She said, how long do you think it's going to sit in your stomach? Obviously, this bun had no saving power. But Jesus on his way to the cross to bear a sinner's death could claim to satisfy the hungry soul. He would not decompose. And whoever ate of him could only receive more life. Then Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He wasn't bragging. He wasn't being arrogant. He wasn't self-centered. He said, he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. We heard of the encounter with the woman from Samaria at Joseph's well. That was in John chapter four. Jesus asked her for a drink of well water. Then he offered her living water. He said, whoever drinks this water will never thirst again. So this promise was not foreign to the people at Capernaum. There is a well inside of each of us who believe in Jesus. And that well keeps watering our thirsty souls. You can't imagine who we are as human beings, as human believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We get to eat the living bread. We have bottles of, we are the bottles of living water. That water causes us to not thirst anymore. It makes us a well-watered garden who produces. Listen, we produce fruit for the kingdom of God. Unlike the bread that needs flour, yeast, milk, egg, and muscle as you stir it up and knead it, and then you have to pat it out and put it in the pan, and the pan has to go in the oven, and you have to wait so long to get the results. All we have to do is say, Lord, I believe. Now that just took a few seconds to mouth a few syllables and you got all you need for the rest of your life. There are some other I am statements that are of most importance to us, especially to those of us who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one Jesus uttered to the disciples in this book, chapter six of John, when they got kind of concerned about the water in the sea. The word says that as they set out for Capernaum, Jesus wasn't with them in, in the boat. And But when they got on out there and the night fell, the sea began to get kind of rough and they began to get a little afraid. But then they looked up and it says that Jesus was walking on the water. And he said to them, I am here. Jesus says that to us today, when we feel at our lowest, when it looks like the worst has come our way, when it seems like this is never going to pass, in spite of our pain, in spite of our sleep deprivation, in spite of our frustrations or our fears, Jesus says to us today, I am here. I'm right here with you in this storm. 
I'm the one who's calming it. I'm the one who's keeping the water out the boat so that the boat doesn't sink. I'm the one who will speak to your winds and your waves and say, shut up. I'm here, says Jesus. Another I am statement that's important to us, especially in the storm that we are in in this life. I am with you always. These words Jesus mouthed as the Great Commission. Jesus said at the very end of it, after saying go and what to do once you go, he said, and lo, that means behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Now, the end of the age seems so near to us right now. When my grandmother was talking about Jesus coming any day now, y'all, I really thought it was going to be any day. Here we are 67 years later, and I'm still waiting on Jesus. But he promised in his word 2,000, over 2,000 years ago, I am with you always. So when, the, when, the, when our enemies come and camp around our door, He's with us. When the sirens blow past us to keep us on an edge, he's with us. When the doctor comes and says there's something that look quite right in this image, but we're going to do a few tests. He's with us on the way to the surgery, on the way to the pathology lab, on the way to getting the results. He's with us. He's with us. When we don't have enough money in the bank, in the drawer, in the house, or even in our pocketbook. He's with us. I am, is what Jesus says to us, with you, always. Nothing is a surprise. Nothing can knock him off of his throne. And then Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, that indicates an all-encompassing power is around us. Yeah. At the beginning of the trial that we've been in for however many years, come in, Jesus was there. When this thing comes to an end, and as we believe that the Marines at the orders of the President is going to round up all of those responsible for our misery. And this thing will be called the end. Jesus said, I'm, I'm that too. Mm -hmm. Now, John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And with it, without him, nothing that is made was made. So even these old plans to do us harm were not made without the awareness of him who was the first and the last. He said, before you made that old ugly plan, I was there. And when you get through and I come and wrap you up and throw you off the cliff, I'll still be there in control. He was in control at the beginning. He'll be in control at the end. And all through the middle, he's not giving up his control. And then the one that gives us excitement because as we have to deal with threats of being murdered, behold, I am he who was dead, and now I am alive forevermore. Jesus said, look, they, they hung me on the cross too. 
They stretched out my arms also. My feet and my hands were nailed to that tree, that piece of wood, and I stood there in agony. And yes, I gave up the ghost, but now I am alive. They couldn't keep me dead. The ground couldn't, the grave couldn't hold me. I am alive and not just for today, not just for the next 50 days or the next 30 months, but forever. We celebrate the resurrection season because of him who was dead and is alive forevermore. We celebrate the Lord's Supper in obedience of the instructions of Jesus to the disciples and to us, saying as often as you do this, you remember the Lord's death until he comes. Both are done in remembrance of Jesus Christ. When I was at seminary, chapel was held every week. There was one loaf of bread on the table that the leader of the communion service prayed over them. Then he broke the bread in half. Literally, literally, y'all, there was a loaf, a full loaf of bread. And Jesus, the, the uh, leader of the service, broke that bread in half. There were two lines formed on each side of the chapel. And the people inside the chapel passed before the helpers who gave them a piece of bread. The bread was then dunked in one cup of juice. That person stood in the middle. And that represented the blood that Jesus shed for us at Calvary. This sacred occasion is observed all over the world. Coming out here with the rest of them. Events in the Old Testament often serve the dual purpose of fulfilling God's promises to his people in the moment while also providing a view of what is to come. This occurrence is one of the most obvious of these as Jesus fulfills the meaning of Passover. As we observe this ordinance of the church today, let's remember the promise of God the Father on the night of the first Passover. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Lives were spared and freedom was secured that night because of Israel's obedience. 42 generations later, Jesus came as the Passover lamb with the promise that as often as you observe this meal, that represents yet another Passover. You will remember the Lord's death until he comes. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And he is the living bread. Amen. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.